With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and live from Bryant McKinney's nutritionist's office, it's the 4th and Inches <laughs> show with Jenna and the Sherpa. I'm not Jenna. I'm the Sherpa. Jenna, welcome to the program tonight. Hello. How are you tonight, Sherpa? I'm just munching on some uh, chicken here in honor of Bryant McKinney. But uh, anyway, I I should put that down, I guess, for the next hour so that we can get on with the show. So why don't you tell people what we're going to be up to tonight then? Tonight we are going to take a look at all of the week's transactions since we were with you last Wednesday. And then we're going to revisit the AFC, take a look team by team now that some of the free agent waters have settled and see if we uh, still like what teams are doing and the directions they're headed in. And if there's some time, we might play a little little game of Who Am I again. We'll see how things go. (laughs) All right, that sounds good. How can people get in touch with us during the show? There are a number of ways, so whatever your heart's content is, you can call us at 1-347-677-1608. That's 347-677-1608. You can call in and ask us strategy questions or just talk to us about the AFC, whatever you'd like. Or you can email us at the number 4thninchesshow at gmail.com. That's the number 4thninchesshow at gmail.com. We're on Twitter under the same handle, the number 4thninchesshow. Or you can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page or all week long at FantasyFootballSherpa.com. Lots of ways. Okay. All right. We, we we did away with the carrier pigeon because that proved to be too popular an option and we weren't able to focus on the show. So we've, we've done away with the pigeons for <laughs> this week. But uh, why don't we get on with the uh, the fun stuff, the, the transactions All right, take a deep breath. (laughs) We've got a lot. As uh, many teams continue to acquire free agents, make trades, and uh, try to get everyone to pass their physicals and show up to camp. Uh, One of the more notable trades this week was the Dolphins acquiring running back Reggie Bush and restructuring him to a new two-year contract from, of course, the Saints. The Patriots also made some trades, um, most notably for Chad Ochocinco from the Bengals and the Redskins' former, uh, I guess you could call him standout, you could call him a physical failure, you could call him a lot of things, but Albert Hainsworth's hoping to revamp his image with the Patriots, uh, and they just gave up a few late-round draft picks for both guys. Brandon Stokely, we talked about last week, had been traded to the Redskins, but he, or I'm sorry, had signed a deal with the Redskins, but he is backing out after the Redskins signed multiple other wide receivers the same day they offered him a job, and he's looking for work elsewhere. That's not very nice uh, of him. No, but I, you can understand why. I mean, they went on a frenzy. <laughs> they did. They seemed to sign everybody except Braylon Edwards. 
Mm-hmm. And there's still time for that. Still possible. Uh, the Bengals signed quarterback Bruce Gredkowski uh, to, I guess, try to help take the place of quote-unquote retired Carson Palmer. The trade finally became official for Kevin Cobb to Arizona uh, for a second-round draft pick and cornerback Dominique rogers Cromarty, and I'm sure Scott already pre-ordered his jersey since it was illegally available last week before the trade actually went through. Uh, Chicago also traded their tight end Greg Olson to the Carolina Panthers, which I thought was interesting. Uh, there are a lot of tight ends and running backs on the move this week. <clears throat> That's just the tip Did of the Did Jeremy Shockey go out and buy a Greg Olson jersey or not? Not yet, but I'm sure it's only a matter it's of time. Still time, <laughs> yes. Uh, we also had Darren Sproles signing a four-year deal with the New Orleans Saints, basically getting Reggie Bush's money. <laughs> The Giants released former retired running back Tiki Barber. They had to officially release him for him to go find work elsewhere. He will be working out for the Miami Dolphins tomorrow, and he's hoping to find a landing spot. We'll see how that goes. Um, Michael Crabtree could miss four to six weeks after injuring his foot in one of the player-run practices during the lockout. Uh, So hopefully they get him back by the time the season starts, but we'll see. Former Cowboys wide receiver Roy Williams is landing in Chicago, where he'll try to find his form again there. The Are you Broncos excited signed... about that? <laughs> I'm excited he's not a Cowboy anymore. He's no longer oh. our problem. <laughs> You've got Marion Barber. Oh, excuse me, I'm stepping on your We're getting there, we're getting here. there. Okay. Uh, the Broncos signed free agent running back Willis McGahee. It looks like Sean Marino is going to have a little trouble finding some playing time there now. Miami Dolphins brought in quarterback Matt Moore and pretty much closed the book on Kyle Orton. The Broncos are now saying they are not going to trade him. He is QB1 out in Denver. So Tim Tebow, the experience is now put on hold. The Eagles have been making some serious waves on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. Did they but sign anybody this week? Not one person. Uh, they actually brought in Hamdi Ashamwa. They were the mystery team who swooped in at the end and won the sweepstakes. Uh, he is the only defensive signing we're going to talk about today just because there are so many transactions. We're going to focus on the offensive side. But they did also sign Vince Young to a one-year deal, which will make for uh, a more cohesive offense. Instead of having two schemes for two different kinds of quarterbacks, they sort of brought in someone who is similar to Michael Vick. Vince Young's hoping to sort of get his career back on track as well. The Bills signed former Jets wide receiver free agent Brad Smith, and so the exodus from New York continues. Although we will get to it, they did bring in a few uh, few names here this week as well. The Chiefs, Scott's favorite team, signed wide receiver Steve Breston this week. And the 49ers brought in kicker David Akers, formerly of the Eagles. Peyton Manning signed a new five-year deal, which was really no surprise to anybody. One thing that was a surprise was he did, but they were able to bring back guys like Joseph Adai is back again in their backfield. Uh, One thing that was a surprise to a lot of people, myself included, Albert Hainsworth passed his conditioning test on the first try out in New England, so maybe he's turning over a new lead. I second try. Uh, I think it was his first. I thought he failed one day. I'm, I'm not sure. Well, I thought he failed regardless, the day, but he's on the field. Regardless, and, he's there, uh, and we can laugh out. at him now. And the Redskins traded for Arizona running back Tim Hightower, giving up defensive end Vonnie Holiday and a conditional late-round draft pick. 
Randy Moss and Mark Bolger both are officially retiring, although Randy Moss, if a contender comes calling a few weeks into the season, we could see him pulling a Brett Favre and returning. That is absolutely not out of the question. <laughs> I bet he doesn't. I think I think he would. I I don't think we've seen the last of Randy. Definitely not. All right. We'll see. But Maybe he and Brett will signed... go somewhere as a as a uh, as a tandem. Maybe you you really can't say uh, can't say no to that. You just don't know with those guys. Especially if it's the Eagles. The Eagles signed free agent running back Ronnie Brown, who will add some physicality to their run game they haven't had in almost a decade. Uh, the Bears brought in Marion Barber, also looking to add a little physicality there as well. It's become Dallas North up in Chicago, it seems like. The Chargers placed Antonio Gates on the physically unable to play list with the lingering plantar fasciitis foot injuries from last year. They think he'll probably be ready for the start of the season, but are not 100% sure. For the time being, he's still got pain, and that's an issue. Uh, one of my favorite Packers, John Kuhn, the running back, was re-signed this week as well, keeping him around for a few more years. And in an interesting twist out west, former Raiders tight end Zach Miller did not re-sign with the team as most people expected him to. He actually left and took a five-year deal out with the Seahawks. So they're getting serious about having a passing game, I guess. Uh, an interesting choice, maybe a little late, but we'll see how that plays. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals signed Todd Heap, who was recently released by the Baltimore Ravens. They signed him to a two-year deal, and the Raiders brought in free the former Bills quarterback Trent Edwards. They're upping their IQ at the quarterback position out there. And another shocking move was Plaxico Burris signing a one-year deal with the Jets. Most people thought he'd end up on the other side of New York or out in Pittsburgh, but the Jets gave him what he wanted, so he signed on the dotted line. He just wanted to be his probation officer. Maybe. Frank Gore ended his holdout on Monday. Chris Johnson and Deshaun Jackson continue theirs, and it does not appear to have an end in sight for either of them. Uh, Andre Johnson will be missing a day or two of camp with a dislocated left index finger, but we know he plays through a lot of injuries. That won't keep him down very long. Someone who will be missing a significant amount of time of training camp and potentially the regular season is Lions rookie Nick Fairley. He hurt his foot the first day of camp and was in a walking boot, and they sent him to a few specialists, and he had foot surgery this afternoon, and he's going to miss what they're calling a significant amount of time in camp, and they're not sure about what will happen come the regular season. Uh, so that's definitely an issue out there for Detroit. They were hoping to have the, the marquee lineman there. Not so much right now. Nope. Running back Cadillac Williams, one of the Sherpa's favorites, has agreed to terms with the Rams, and... Another kicker on the move is Jeff Reed, one of our uh, favorite Who Am I players, is now out in Seattle. And uh, Cedric Benson has signed a one-year deal to return to the Bengals. The Chiefs added running back Leron McLean, another Kansas City weapon. (laughs) I'm on Bradshaw. I am laughing, and I'm going to continue laughing all through the show and all through the season on this crazy Chiefs bandwagon that you're leading. <laughs> okay, who are your Super Bowl predictions then? The Packers and the Steelers? We 
we're not quite done here. We've we, we need to get through these transactions, okay. then we can fight about this. All right. Ahmad Bradshaw's re-signing with the Giants for another year. Uh, as I mentioned, Tiki Barber will be working out with the Dolphins tomorrow. And the Eagles had a scare this morning when defensive tackle Mike Patterson had a, a major seizure for about four minutes on the field, but he was taken to the hospital where he, by lunchtime, was laughing and joking with all of the nurses and doctors there and was alert and stable and seems to be fine, but we're not sure how long he will be out. Uh, obviously, brain issues are a real problem, especially in a contact sport like football. So yes. we've finally reached the end of our transaction train. <laughs> it only took us 12 minutes today, so hopefully we can keep cutting that down each week. I hope so. It depends where Braylon Edwards signs, though. Yeah, he's he's a wild card. I'm sure we'll be talking about that next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. hopefully. Hopefully he'll have a home by then. Malcolm Floyd, mm-hmm. too. There are a lot of a lot of teams are coming call in to them and I'm sure they're going on several visits this week, so we've not heard the last of them. No. So should we dive in on the AFC East then? You know, I think we should. We'll just start right right at the uh the top. Right there at the top with down. the New York Jets. Let's let's see what the Jets have been up to. Uh, oh well, well, maybe we should start. Do we want to go in the order of predicted finish? If that's the case, we should probably start with the Patriots. Or we could get crazy and go alphabetically. Whatever floats your boat. Let's let's do that. I like that option. So All that right. gives us a chance to to make an argument as to why the Buffalo Bills are going to win the Super Bowl this year, and that's because Nobody the underrated that. Brian Fitzpatrick is back in the saddle as the quarterback. They they got Tyler Thigpen and Brad Smith now, but I, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't know why the Dolphins or somebody like that didn't trade for him if they weren't going to trade for Kyle Horton. But he's there. Fred Jackson, C.J. Spiller. And wide receiver-wise, they, they didn't really do anything to upgrade there, I don't think. Steve Johnson and an injured Lee Evans still. Yeah. Tight end wise, they've got a, a zillion tight ends, none of whom are very healthy or very good. Um, no, I, they're a mess. I, I can't really. Who do you think? Let's put it this way: Who do you think, if anyone, has the most fantasy value on that team this year? Who, if any of these these uh, Buffalo Bills, would you consider drafting onto your fantasy team, and would you consider them starters or reserves? Uh, if I had to take someone, it'd probably be Steve Johnson. Uh... I don't think I would be starting him on most days. It's really going to depend what Ryan Fitzpatrick or whoever they decide to put under center uh, is going to do and who they're playing on any given week, but I'm not really wowed by anything they're putting on the field right now. I'd love to see them get some of these pieces. You know, they have, they have young guys. I want to see them succeed, but it's just, they're not even in a rebuilding year. They're just not moving forward. <laughs> it's they're barely treading water. It's making me a little nervous. I mean, Brad Smith's officially a quarterback for them on their depth chart now, and he's been a wide receiver, quote-unquote a wide receiver, for the last few years. So that kind of says a lot about the state of what's happening there. I think they're just going to run the wild buffalo offense with him as quarterback. (laughs) 
they're they're going to be doing something. I'm not sure. Or if he'll just stay on the sideline and be a water buffalo. You know, I they might I might look at more of them for a water buffalo fantasy football team than an actual fantasy football all right. team. The Discovery There's Channel. There's not a lot to get excited about there. No, all right. CJ Spiller, yes, no, maybe so. Uh, for me, it's a no. I don't really want anything to do with anybody on the Bills on any of my fantasy teams. I think he'd be a nice speculative pick towards the end of the draft. I mean, rather than handcuff someone, which I'm not just a fan of in general, but I'd rather take a chance on someone like C.J. Spiller. But he's not even going to be around in handcuff time. Somebody's going to take him as either a flex option or a a reserve running back, I think. But we'll see. So, anyway, not too much to get excited about there, eh? (laughs) right? All right. On that note, why don't we keep moving then? Miami. Yeah. Miami, a team that I like and seemingly no one else does. (laughs) I would agree with that because I'm if unless I'm no one, I I don't like them either. Um, I like Chad Henney, I always have. Uh they're they're sticking with him and How can they not trade for Kyle Orton or do something? I I don't understand that. Kyle Orton is not an elite quarterback. You're not gonna give up you know, high draft picks or pieces you actually like on your team to go get Kyle Orton, who's just going to throw if maybe more interceptions than Chad Henney will. What's the point? No, he's he's a much better quarterback than Chad Henney. Elite, no, but no, absolutely not. In, I don't. I would not he's even. He's probably I, the third I, tier of quarterbacks, and I think Chad Henney is probably in the in the eighth tier of quarterbacks. I just I wholeheartedly. I think disagree. they. I think they blew it big time there. Uh, I don't. I'm happy Kyle Orton's not on that team. I'm not thrilled with the crazy train of running backs they're running through right now. Uh, Reggie Bush is a head case. They're bringing Tiki Barber, who's maybe the the biggest prima donna head case running back of them all right now. Um, not excited about either of those or much of what's happening in their run game, but... Daniel Thomas, I think, excited about him at all as a rookie. I think he. I think there are a lot of rookies to get excited about. They brought in. They had a, a what I thought was a fairly decent draft. They brought in a lot of really good undrafted free agent rookies. I'm excited about a lot of the young talent, and I think there are going to be some some veterans that are really competing for jobs they didn't think they were going to be. So like Jason I think Taylor. A, Jason Taylor's coming in. I think that's a nice return to form. I mean, obviously, he's not the Jason Taylor he was when he left. It's sort of his swan song, but he's a good player, he's a good leader. I just, I I think there's a lot to get excited about, young guys there. It's definitely a transition year for sure. They're not going to be setting the world on fire, but they're absolutely moving in a very positive direction, I think. Here's my prediction. I predict that Matt Moore will be their starting quarterback at some point this season and not because of injury. Um, I don't agree, but I think we may see some Matt Moore. I don't think he's going to be named a starter. No, at some point, I I I think he'll be the starter, and not just because Chad Henney gets crushed. Just I I don't think he's going to play that well, but we'll see. For your well, for the Toronto, Dolphins, hopefully Toronto you're right. believes in Chad Henney. I believe in Chad Henney. To me, that's what matters. <laughs> well, does does uh, Brandon Marshall believe in Chad Henney? Is is the other? 
big questions. Speaking of, I think so. Brandon Marshall will believe in anybody that throws his way. He doesn't care who's who the arms attached to as long as they look at him. Yes, that's true. I mean, he had Carl Orton's arm throwing to him for a while, and I suppose if he had really wanted to, he could have lobbied for that, although he's probably too busy dealing with his personal issues. But uh, between Marshall and Bess and Hartline, they, they've got some pretty good young receivers there, that guys that I think have it. Pardon? I'm, I'm excited about the receiving core. Uh, there are a couple of really good young tight ends they brought in. Do you want to give a plug uh, for your friend? <laughs> no, that's okay. I don't want to play favorites, but I do know that I've been keeping an eye on on the Dolphins camp because I do have a friend out there, and the the rookies that are there have really stepped up their game. And Fasano, I think, needs to watch his back. Pat Devlin's had a decent a decent showing so far as what'll probably be a third string quarterback or a scout team quarterback. But for rookies, they're holding their own. I've been impressed with what I've seen. All right, and since we're on the on the subject of Miami, where do you think Ricky Williams ends up? Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he comes back to Miami. Quite frankly, I don't because he doesn't I don't have any other options. Or Miami, I don't. I don't really think game. people are beating down his door. And it took Ronnie Brown a, a while to find a landing spot, and there really just aren't that many places that are going to give him the respect and the amount of carries that I think he thinks he deserves. And he may. I just it's hard to say. I think Miami will take him back because they know the ceiling that's there and they know how to handle him. And I don't necessarily think Tiki Barber is going to sign in Miami that they're going to keep him. But you need more than just Reggie Bush in your backfield. That's for sure. For both of those guys, I don't see why Seattle hasn't called them, for instance. Or maybe they have and they're just not offering them. Seattle, I think, is worried about getting getting their wide receivers in check. I don't don't really know what they're doing offensively, and I'm not 100% sure they know what they're doing. (laughs) But they should be making some calls, for sure. Well, I, I think their wide receivers are okay. It's just, to me, they're running game. I mean, I think Marshawn, well, well, we'll get to Seattle next week, but anyway. So so that's it for the Dolphins, then. Next up are the, the Patriots? Yes. The Patriots, the Patriots. All right. So They've made Tom some Brady, interesting Yes. Yeah, they, they, they have. I mean, just, you know, Tom Brady, obviously, is still one of the top three, four fantasy mm-hmm. quarterbacks. If you drafted him number one, I don't think too many people would disagree with you there. You know, you might have the Aaron Rodgers and the Drew Brees and the Peyton Manning, and I know I'm forgetting somebody. I mean, obviously, obviously I make the Aaron Rodgers argument, but Tom Brady right. did cut off that, that awkward small ponytail he was rocking during the lockout, which makes him slightly more aerodynamic. So that's that's a step in the right direction. That's true. You would think he'd shave his head if he really wanted to, to go the whole way, but then I guess maybe he thinks people would confuse him with Chad Ochocinco then. You don't want that. Um, bringing no. in Ochocinco, what do you what do you think about that? I think that's a great move. I, I think there's very little downside to that, and maybe mm-hmm. I don't think he'll have the impact that Randy Moss did. I don't think that's Randy Moss part two, you know, catching you know, 20 touchdowns, yeah. but yeah, I think he could definitely be a, a good second or third option for them. I mean, right now, they've pretty much got a, a Smurf core at wide receiver there. When you look at Wes Welker and it does, it does Branch some and Adelman, sure. or, yeah, I, I would think, think a guy. I agree with you. Uh, I think that 
Chad John, uh, Chad Ochocinco or Johnson, whatever he's going by now, there's one thing that I think's been constant, and that's he truly loves football, and he's a hard worker. He loves to showboat and you know be the center of attention, but he goes out and he works, and I respect that. I think that he can work for well in the system. Put it this way: I have more. I'm more optimistic about his turning around his career than I am about Albert Hainsworth, but we'll see yeah, if Belichick can make the that work. The Hainsworth thing seems like you know we're throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks, and I I don't think Albert Hainsworth. If there's a place that he can turn it around, it's going to be New England. I just I don't think he cares enough to. I think he cares. I think he wants to prove people wrong. But again, you know, he's he's gotten paid already. You know, he's got the huge mm-hmm. signing bonus. Even if he got cut tomorrow, he's probably set for several lifetimes. So there's yes. not a lot of incentive for him, unless again, whatever internal drive he has. But we'll see. So, mm-hmm. running back wise, do you think they have anything of fantasy value? I I just look and I see the same cast of characters that they had last year, and I'm not particularly excited about it. You know, ben no. Jarvis, Green Ellis, and Kevin Falk, and Sammy Morris, and Danny Woodhead. Uh, I, I don't they're, see any real fantasy value there. They're good for what they do on the field, but it doesn't translate to fantasy football. It just It's kind of like the Saints wide receivers. You don't know who's going to get more carries on a given day, and there's you, you really can't guess, and there's really no way to say... You know, I think the law firm, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, is gonna have a good day. Let me grab him. It just it's there are better options out there. Maybe you take a flyer on one as you know, a very last round pick. I wouldn't do too much more than that though. Yeah, the 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 one guy I'm kinda of curious and maybe he's worthy of a of a late round pick, you know, as a backup speculative wide receiver is Brandon Tate. I'd like to see mm-hmm. what he does with the full year yeah. under his belt and also and, and again, you know, he's one of the few guys on the team, one of the few wide receivers over five nine, so that should also work to his advantage. But mm-hmm. that could yeah. be interesting. And then tight end I think is still you know, either one of those guys could be really good, but I, I'm staying away from both of them fantasy wise, Rob exactly. Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez, just because you never it it's not clear whether one or the other is going to get the ball in a given week. No, so and I in just, the last two seasons so many other tight ends have stepped up and offensive is has offenses have started using the tight end more as a receiver than just, you know, a blocker. And so there are, are so many options that you know are the guy on their team that maybe aren't going to get as many wins or as many looks, but it's not divided between two players. So maybe somebody like Chris Cooley is a better option than either of these guys. Unless he's dividing with Fred Davis. Yeah, he's probably not, though. All right. So (laughs) um, I think we've beaten a dead patriot about his as far Oh, Algie Crumpler, is he going to sign anywhere? And if so, is he still a fantasy uh, impact player, or, or should we just give up on him? Uh, I think hope? it's possible he signs somewhere. I wouldn't really do anything with him fantasy-wise, just because anywhere he does go, he's not going to be a number one. And they're just there are better options. Maybe Oakland. I, they sign if someone he like went Kevin to Watson. Oakland, I wouldn't put him on my fantasy team. All right. 
So, all right, enough enough let's, about the Patriots. Now let's spend the rest of the the show on the the New York Jets, who are going to lose in the AFC oh. Championship game to the Chiefs. Oh. So, I'm if the, in all seriousness, if the Jets are going to make a run this year, I I think Mark Sanchez is going to have to improve, not just take one step forward, but about five or six steps forward, because the guy's passing completion rate is just still unacceptable if you're looking at a you know, possible championship team. And, you know, I like Sean Green. I don't think LaDainian Tomlinson is going to be such a big deal this year. Maybe Joe McKnight takes a step forward. Wide receiver-wise, Santonio Holmes I like. Plexico Burris is an interesting case. Would you have him on your fantasy team if he were still around, say, when you were picking reserve wide receivers? What do you think? Um, I actually took him in a draft this week uh, as a reserve, one of my last wide receivers, but more as a flyer. I I don't necessarily think I will use him for a few weeks until I see what's actually going to happen, but Santonio Holmes needs somebody to play off of, and Braylon Edwards isn't coming back. Brad Smith's gone. Uh, they got to throw to somebody, and Plexico Burst is a tall guy. He knows what he's doing out there. My biggest concern is, number one, Mark Sanchez, you're right, needs to take a flying leap forward. <laughs> he needs he needs to get to a, a much better place quarterback-wise for them to be, for me to even think of them as an elite team, which I don't right now. Um, it just, there's too many question marks for me to say Mark Sanchez is going to lead this team to an AFC championship game. They're not winning it. They're not getting there. But I think that Santonio Holmes, obviously, and I think Burris is going to be a a decent to solid fantasy option. I wouldn't make him your number one or number two receiver, but a flex player or uh, somebody you're you're bringing off your bench, yeah, I I'd take a flyer on him. Well, it's funny because Burris and Randy Moss have a lot in common. They're both 34 years old, and both of them, you know, haven't been on the field very much the last year or two. <laughs> yeah, but at least uh, what, I was, what I was really it, hoping for was now that the Jets have signed Burris, that they would have a change of heart and sign Braylon Edwards, and so then the two of them would probably be out at a nightclub somewhere and start fighting over the number 17, and both get arrested and be out for the season. That was my perhaps. sort of dream scenario. Well, Braylon Edwards had some issues in Detroit this week with his entourage, so I mean he he's moving east. He could he could show up in New York anyway, whether or not he's playing there. I think I think just, the next stop in the Braylon Edwards across America tour is in San Francisco, apparently when you alluded to Michael Crabtree's injury before they're thinking of signing signing Braylon Edwards now, so I think he's I, I also actually, going to going to visit Arizona as well, which I think would be a, a nice landing spot for him too. I think either one of those places. If he goes to San Francisco, mm-hmm. he's probably going to be a number one wide receiver, and if he goes to you know, Arizona goes to with Arizona, all the, he's books, 1A. the yeah, I mean Larry Fitzgerald is obviously their main guy there, but you know he'll probably be drawing a lot of double teams, and hopefully mm-hmm. that and Todd Heap is a decent tight end, too, yeah. and you know, I think he, Edwards would do well in either of those places, but since they're both Absolutely. in the NFC, we're not going to talk about them, right? 
<laughs> not at all. I don't. I don't know what you're right, talking about. Right. Right. We're not talking about the NFC this week, except well, I, I blew that. But so anyway. Moving um, on. <laughs> right. Moving on. So predicted order of finish in the NFC in the AFC East. Have we changed at all? I I don't think I have. I think Patriots, Jets. I think the Dolphins, and then the Bills. I think you think the Bills might finish higher than the Dolphins. <laughs> Maybe. I, I think both of them will be having a top ten draft choice. Next year, but uh, we'll see. I think so, Miami's better than that. But we're, let's right. move we, on to the North. You're right. If they if they put uh, Matt Moore in at quarterback, then they they definitely would be. But we'll see. So uh, shall we move on to the uh, AFC North then? Yes, let's. All right, the Ravens. I, I they're supposedly on the verge of signing Malcolm Floyd, which I think would be a really good move for them. I mean, they've got. A couple of rookies, Torrey Smith and Tandon Doss, that they're counting on for the receiving game. But right now, after Anquan Bolden, the most experienced receiver they have is James Hardy, who didn't exactly set the world on fire with the Redskins. So I, I think Floyd would be a great signing for them if they're able to pull that off. And I think, I think they have to sign Malcolm Floyd for them to stay relevant. Uh, before they made all these cuts and, and you know, I I kind of agreed with Ray Lewis when he was going around saying, you know, we're we're right there, we're, you know, 3 minutes away, we're 1 minute away, whatever minutes away from being a Super Bowl team and I thought they had a lot of good pieces, but unfortunately they went and cut a lot of those pieces. And Anquan Bolden and Joe Flacco didn't really seem to be on the same page a whole lot last year. So I'm not sure what I'm feeling about the Ravens, but I'm feeling a little uneasy about what they're doing. I I think they're going to be fine, but it it would definitely help them if they did sign Malcolm Floyd or they probably don't have the money for Braylon Edwards. But I I think they definitely need another receiving threat that right now they don't have. I mean, maybe they use Ed Dixon and Dennis Pitta more in the passing game this year, especially with Todd Heap not there. But uh, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of question marks there. But Flacco, to me, still... Yeah, I don't even know if he's a starter in a in a in a twelve team league. I, guess. I think in a in a two quarterback league, he's an absolute starter. I think oh, yeah, he's just barely on I the outside looking in. He could be yeah. he could be eleven or twelve in a twelve team league, but he's just he's kind of right on the verge there. So Ray Rice, where do you rank him? How do you like his prospects this year? Is he a I, top three running back, top five, top six? What do you think? I don't think he's a top three. I think he. I think he's a top five or six for sure. Um, Not even a point per reception league, a PPR league. I don't think I'd put him in my top. He might be four. He might just barely be three. My it kind of fluctuates my list. He's definitely in my top five, PPR or not. Um, I like him a lot, and especially now that I like their tight end situation, their wide receiver less. <laughs> I like their run game a lot more by comparison. And with Vonta Leach there now is their fullback. You know, everybody was after him, or not everybody, but any team that needed a fullback was after him, and you know, that that should make Ray Rice's job a little bit easier if he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So that that might be a good signing too. But Flacco, I'm yeah about Ray Rice, probably a top five running back still. Bolden, I like probably as a you know as a late. First, you know, as a in a twelve team league, I think he's still a, a top 
you know, wide receiver or wide receiver one, mm-hmm. but I would like I them know. better if they went out inside Malcolm Floyd then, just in the yeah. same way that I would like um, yeah, um if it's an Fitzgerald NFC name, Moore. don't you say it. <laughs> okay, all right, we're 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 done with that. We're staying so, with the AFC. Okay, we're staying with the AFC, and we're moving right along then. So next up, Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bungles. And this will be a short a short analysis because right. it's a disaster. Chris is not going to do anything at quarterback that would make you want him no. on your fantasy team. Andy Dalton, only, same thing. The only person I really like is Jordan Shipley. And there's not going to be anybody throwing the ball. <laughs> I, there, there could be. They're wide receiver. It depends if Gratkowski I'm, is serviceable or Dalton steps up faster than people I think. I still then. took Jordan Shipley as a late-round flyer, very much like Plexico Burris, but I'm not making him wide receiver one or two. Oh, no, not at all. But you know, the way Jerome Simpson came on at the end of last year, maybe he's a wide receiver three if you're playing in a three or four wide receiver league. And A.J. Mm-hmm. Green, who knows, I'm always loath to take rookies early you know, when they have a, an unsettled quarterback position. I mean, other than Julio Jones, who we're not supposed to talk about this week you know, in Atlanta. We're moving just, on. We're, we're okay. definitely right. well into the second half of the show, and we are not talking about the NFC. All right, then we're not going to talk about Carson Palmer, but I think Cedric Benson, nope. we didn't mention him, and perhaps Bernard Scott, if Benson gets hurt, could have some fantasy value, but there's, in general, not there's, a lot of fantasy value nothing, to be had there. There's no Jermaine Gresham, the tight end, is a good... Bernard Scott. Jermaine Gresham's Gresham great, is a re- but there's not enough... There's, I don't know if there's going to be enough going around. I, there are other tight ends I'd take before him. He'll be the safety valve option. Mark my words, he'll have 70 catches this year. Hmm. Gosh. All right. <laughs> Moving on. We're done with the Bengals. Moving on. The the Cleveland Brownouts. So we've got Colt McCoy. You think he's going to take a step up as a quarterback this year? Is he a yeah. quarterback you would take in a two-quarterback league? Maybe. I There are probably other guys I'd take first because I tend to draft quarterbacks higher, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. If I were taking three quarterbacks, he would definitely be somebody I'd consider. And I think even in a deeper you know, 12-team or, or deeper league that I would consider him as a second quarterback. And I mm-hmm. usually take second quarterbacks pretty early. But how about Ontario Hardesty? I and mean, everybody knows Peyton Hillis, and I'm not expecting him to duplicate last season. But Ontario Hardesty, worth of, worthy of a, a late-round flyer in your mind or leave him for waivers? Maybe. Um, a lot of that's going to depend on how deep your league is. I I think he's an interesting option. I think maybe. I just – I'm on the fence about it just because I'm not really sure what the Browns are going to do. Now, how about someone like Greg Little, their wide receiver that they brought in this year? Is he someone that you would you know, take a, a I'm, flyer on? I'm leaving, him, res- I'm leaving him for the waivers. I'd – I would like to see what he does first. Mohamed Massaqua or, or Rubisky, you take a late round flyer on either of those guys? Uh, for me, no. I just I would ben like Watson? to take a late round I'd like to take a late round flyer on a guy who's on a team that's a little more stable. All right. So anything else to say about them? No. All right, let's move no. on to Pittsburgh. <laughs> The Pittsburgh Steelers, the the AFC soon to be former AFC champions, they you know, they're oh. perennially a good team, no matter pretty much who's playing 
defense for them or who's catching the ball for them. But I, I think yeah. the most fantasy value there, Heinz Ward, I'm not expecting much out of him, but you know, Mike Wallace should be back and better. And Emmanuel Sanders, I think, by the end of the season will probably have usurped Heinz Ward's role as, as the other starting wide receiver. Agree that. or disagree? Uh, d- disagree very much so. Uh, I think Heinz Ward is still very much has value. I think that there's I think there's a lot more value on this team than you think there is. I think they're going to be very good. Well, I think they'll be very good. But, I mean, obviously Roethlisberger is a quarterback one. You can argue if he's top five, mm-hmm. top ten, whatever. Uh, yeah. Richard Mendenhall, I think he's you know, definitely a top ten he's, running back. You know, he may, he's on Osama bin Laden notwithstanding. Yeah, I, like I think that's pushing lot. it a little bit because I think Roethlisberger is one of those guys that could throw for forty, you know, for four thousand yards or maybe even more, which would take away some from their running game. But uh, we'll see. And it's the I think Steelers. Wallace, their running game will be okay. They'll be all right. <laughs> Wallace is the wide receiver that I like most. There sounds like you would rather have Heinz Ward, but I think I'd rather have. I like uh, Wallace. I like Ward and Wallace very much. I could go. I I might like Wallace a little bit more, but I like Heinz Ward a lot more than you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't dislike him. I just think Wallace has a much higher ceiling, and therefore I would take him earlier. I've actually seen him come off the board as the third or fourth wide receiver in some drafts, which I think is a little bit too high, but I can understand the optimism there. Tight end, Heath Miller, still injured, still, I don't think, you know, I, I'm not mm-hmm. so keen on him. How about you? I just, I think there are better options out there. He was very underwhelming last year. All right. So, this division, I'll go, I'll go Steelers over the Ravens. Yeah. Steelers over the Ravens is my guess, and then I'll go Browns are respectable, you know, maybe a little bit under five hundred, and then the Bengals. I think the Browns think will hang. Have They'll hang in. I agree. No, I Steelers, Ravens, Browns, Bengals. I think the Browns they, will hang they in. Pretty much got four guaranteed losses already with the Steelers and the Ravens before they even start you know, playing. If the, the NFC North has taught us anything lately, it's that there are no guaranteed wins or losses. The Bengals can come in and sweep. Anybody can do it. <laughs> That's not happening this year. I'm not saying it's happening this year. I'm just saying it's not. You can't pencil those in as L's right away. Well, I think the Raiders swept the AFC West last year, but I, I we, can't see We that are not happening. in the West yet. Let's talk South. No, we're not. All right. So we're let's done. Talk Pittsburgh. South. Okay. So let's, we're let's done. talk about <laughs> the South then. Yes. Uh, moving right along then, Houston Texans. Matt Schaub, I think he's a top five quarterback. I, you don't. Would you put him in your top ten or no? Yeah, I, I, I'd definitely put him in my top ten. I just My top five is a little crowded. <laughs> okay, Arian, well, I, I think I'm down to about 10 running backs in my top five now, and hopefully I can whittle that down a little bit. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> you're you're so, only twice the number. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good starting point. Now, Arian Foster, is he a consensus number one pick for you in, in any scoring format, yes or no? Uh, no. No, he's not. No, who would you? Who would in, you? The, in the drafts that I have been in, he hasn't always gone number one. Who would you rather have than Arian Foster then as a running back? And it's okay to mention Adrian Peterson's name if you want to. I don't think I'm going to mention Adrian Peterson's name. (laughs) Who would you rather have Um, than Arian Foster and why? I I would – 
Arian Foster's a good pick. I just, on any given day, I kind of change my mind about who I would take number one overall with running back. I think anybody in the top five could realistically. I saw Jamal Charles go one in a draft. I've seen him go one and two, which absolutely makes you ecstatic. But Arian Foster is up there. I just think he's in. I think those top four guys are interchangeable, really. Yeah, I I just I don't like Adrian Peterson and and, um, Chris Johnson as much in a PPR league. You know, I'd almost rather take a shot on somebody like Lashawn McCoy than Adrian. Arian Foster, I think, is is definitely a number is definitely the number one in a PPR. If it's not Jamal Charles, I I, I still think I'd rather have Foster, even though I like Charles a lot. But so we probably beat that enough. Andre Johnson is he is he a consensus is he a number one for you number one wide receiver yes or no yes assuming that he's healthy he's a tough dude he'll play through anything I like it so Calvin Johnson no Larry Fitzgerald no you're you're not interested in I like Andre Johnson's situation he he and Matt Schaub connect very well I he's not a delicate flower he'll go up he'll get physical with the guy to get the ball I like that. He always seems to be playing on one leg for part of the season, though. Is, is he I'm an okay injury I'm okay with risk? that because his one leg is still a Pro Bowl caliber one leg. <laughs> All right. So if he's hopping around like you know something out of Treasure Island, he can have a peg leg. Why. I'm all right with it. <laughs> all right, I'm not. If he gets to that point, I'm cutting him. Ha uh-huh. ha. Uh, so Owen Daniels, <laughs> is he a tight end that you would consider, or is there just too much depth and too many injury questions about him? Too much depth. Let's. Let him show me something, and I'll pick him up off a waiver wire. All right. I think he's one of those guys that, you know, kind of like Tony Gonzalez, who we're not talking about, that he'll still be around after most of the bigger-name tight ends have gone, but he could, you know, if he's healthy and... and, Maybe he's a nice uh, bi-week fill-in or a guy off your bench if you like to draft backup like I do. He's an interesting option. But I just, I think that there are... 12 guys ahead of him, for sure. Yeah. I think I like him a little bit more than you do, but uh, let's keep mm-hmm. going then. So, Indianapolis, Peyton Manning, concerned. He was the one I was trying to remember before. Peyton yeah. Manning, concerned or no? He was not a running back. I don't know why I forgot. Peyton Manning, concerned or no? I am concerned. I'm very concerned. I think he'll Are still you... go out and be Peyton Manning. His numbers will still be good, but I'm not drafting him. Really? No, no way, no how. If he's still there in the third round and... Aaron Rodgers and I think I'd rather have a healthy Matt Ryan than Peyton Manning with some questions. Mm, that's a that's a good one. I, I think I'd still Bolt take tape. Manning there, even though I like uh, Matt Bolt Ryan a lot. Over but, here. <laughs> but they they better hope that he stays healthy because if he gets hurt, Curtis Painter and Dan Orlovsky are not cutting it. So. But they have yeah. all those great Curtis Painters brushing up on the offense headlines to go with his Painter last name. Yeah, I, I think those are some pretty spotty headlines <laughs> there myself, but... Uh, Maybe they'll just put Jasper Johns on their helmets instead of a Colts. We're uh, done. We're done. Uh, well, no, we're not done. We we still have to. Talk no, about we're done talking about Curtis Painter. <laughs> okay, we're we're done talking about Curtis Painter. Yes, See, he's got more than his 15 seconds, 15 minutes here. So, how about Joseph Adai, Donald Brown? Either of those guys have any value, and if so, which one do you prefer? Uh, late round flyers. I think I prefer Brown a little bit more than Joseph Adai, but not by a ton. 
think I'd rather have a die, but again, I don't feel strongly okay, you about it. Okay, Joseph a die. I'll take Donald Brown. We'll call it a day. All right, sounds good. <laughs> wide receiver wise, Reggie Wayne is he still a top five wide receiver in your mind? Does that depend on Peyton Manning's health, <sighs> and therefore you're not going to risk it, or how do you feel about him? I think a lot of that depends on Peyton Manning's health. Uh, if Peyton Manning's 100% healthy, yeah, he's top five wide receiver. There are a lot of guys who are just outside that top five that would fill in admirably. So, meh. I'd I'd see who else was still on the board then. Admirably, and maybe even if they got promoted to Sergeant or Lou or whatever, but we'll see. You never know. (laughs) Yeah. So, and and if you have if you have a team quarterback instead of individual quarterbacks, you could actually wind up with Peyton Painter as your uh, quarterback tandem there. But either way, I think Reggie Wayne is is outside the top five now, top ten still. The other guy that worries me for them, is, and I know you like him a lot, is tight end Dallas Clark. I, I just, Very much like A, him. I'm not sure he's healthy, and B, with what I, Jacob Tammy showed last year, I think that they might be sharing the ball a little bit more there. Uh, I, I just I don't think it's going to be enough that I'm concerned about it. I would still draft Dallas Clark. I like him a lot. And if he t- says he's healthy, I believe him, and he's saying he's healthy. So I'm on board. So wide receiver-wise, is there anything there worth picking up behind Reggie Wayne, Pierre Garçon, Austin Colley, Anthony Gonzalez, I like Blair White? I like, I like Garçon and Colley, and I like them – as maybe a flex player or a third wide receiver if you've got a deep league, somebody off the bench. I I really do like them a lot. To me, that's too much like the New England tight end situation. They might be good players, but you know, since I never know who's getting the ball from one week to the next, I think I'd avoid that, but that's just my personal preference then. Okay. so. They even have Joe Horn in camp. That I'm happy and excited about, but not that I expect him to make the team, but it would be cool to see him if he did. So, anyway. All right, moving on. Oh, we, we still have Jacksonville to talk about. We do. That division. Not, <laughs> not that we, there's yeah. much to talk about there. MJD, top five or no? I say no. I'd say he's either five or right on the outside looking in. I don't think he's I healthy. I, I don't want any I part of him. I don't think he's healthy. I'm not drafting him because that knee really, really makes me nervous. Uh, if he's coming to camp saying he's not 100%, it's been eight months, and I just I don't know how much more damage is going to get done. How is he, I feel like he's going to be a shell of himself. How much cutting can you really do on a knee that's maybe 80% healthy at best? And the fact that I don't feel like it's a super stable offense to begin with, especially without him. It makes me very concerned. Yeah. All right. I I think we're we're in agreement there. Now, conversely, what about Rashad Jennings? Is he somebody you take a mid to late round flyer on, assuming that he'll be the starter if Maurice Jones-Drew is is not healthy enough to play? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I might do that. I could. I could get behind that logically. And wide receiver, I, I just I don't understand what they did. They let Mike Sims Walker go and I don't see that they've really done anything there to make themselves better. I mean maybe they're hoping that Juan Underwood will get better, but I, I just don't see it. I, I could very well see you know, Mercedes Lewis being their leading receiver both reception and yardage wise this season. 
because I don't think and MJD think is healthy I, enough. I, just, and I don't like. I don't Mike like Thomas anything. Much. I don't like anything. Anything that's happening in the Jacksonville offense. <laughs> I want to stay far away from it. What if they were to sign someone like Braylon Edwards? It wouldn't be enough. I all anybody would do would be cover Braylon Edwards. All right, and quarterback wise, do we are we in agreement that we stay away from it, no matter if it's David Garrard or Blaine Gabbard or, or whoever no, it happens to be? Nothing, nothing you want to be a part of there. All right, so all right, that settles that, and <laughs> now of course we we still have Tennessee to talk about. Matt Hasselbeck, I, I think he's more valuable as a as a um, is a real-life player than a fantasy option. Fantasy-wise, yeah. I just can't see it, assuming that they get Chris Johnson back in the fold eventually. Or even well, if and they part don't. of the problem is is that it's been a few years since he's played a full season. There's a lot of back injuries and a lot of little lingering ones that never go away, and he's not a spring chicken. He's bald. <laughs> he, he is. <laughs> yeah. So we we don't trust bald quarterbacks, which is why we also told you to stay away from Bruce Gradkowski before. So anyway, Hasselbeck, oh, I I just I I let him be somebody else's problem or, or flyer. Mm-hmm. I I just don't see that there's much of a ceiling there. Chris Johnson, yeah. if he comes back, you know he'll probably get hurt, and Javon Ringer will end up being their leading rusher this year. I see. I'm so much higher on Chris Johnson than you are. Oh, I draft Devon Ringer all day. I'll take Chris Johnson just tongue in tongue in cheek. But I mean, if it's getting <laughs> down late in the draft, all right. Yeah, I, I probably would take Rashad Jennings before I would take Javon Ringer. But I, I definitely think Javon Ringer should be taken at some point in a in a draft. Yeah, it's not going to be by me. <laughs> all right. So, and uh, we we talked about no, we haven't talked about Kenny Britt yet. Does, do you draft him if you? have your draft before you know what's going on with him, his legal situation. On the one hand, he's capable of being a wide receiver one if he's got his head on right and he's not behind bars, but you know, there's always the chance that either one of those things might happen. So where where would you rank him as far as wide receivers go? Uh, he's got a really high ceiling, and that's hard to say no to, but... I'm not excited about the quarterback situation, and there's just not a lot behind Kenny Britt, and he's got the legal problems that just never seem to go away. So depending who else is on the board, when you know I'm up and he's still sitting there, if he's heads and tails above the guy behind him, you know, ranking-wise, yeah, I'm going to take him, but I'd try not to if there was any way. And other than that, I just don't see anything of value there wide receiver-wise. You know, Jared Cook, he's a big unknown at tight end. Does he break out and have you know, the season that makes people talk about him in the same conversation as Jermichael Finley and Brandon Pettigrew? Maybe, but I'm I'm not taking that I don't chance. think it'll be quite that serious. Well, I think he'll have a better year, but I don't think he's going to be top five caliber tight end, no. Yeah, probably not. And Randy Moss, you you don't think we've seen the last of him? I do. So that'll be interesting to track what happens with him during the season. Mm-hmm. So we're three quarters of the way done with the teams, and about ninety five percent of the way done with the show. So why don't we scurry through the AFC best? Denver Broncos. That, that's just a mess there. They, there's no 
question in my mind that Kyle Orton should be the starting quarterback there and that Tim Tebow should They said he's going to be the starter. He is going to start the season as the starting quarterback. Uh, Pressure-wise, I don't know if he lasts. So I don't think he's an elite quarterback, but I don't think any of the three, Tim Tebow or Brady Quinn, are either. Tim Tebow is not ready to be a full-time starter. I would rather have Kyle Orton than Colt McCoy if I'm looking at it. I'd rather have I'd rather have Colt McCoy than Kyle Orton for sure. All right, so we disagree on that. No, Sean Moreno is he even is he somebody you would consider? You know, the reports on him and Camp were mixed, although probably better than what we heard in the off season, where it seemed like they were trying to give his job away. They've signed Willis McGahee. Does that worry you mm-hmm. at all? Uh, I think that Willis McGahee is going to get as many or more touches as Noshawn Moreno. So I don't think Noshawn Moreno is a number one running back on anybody's team. Well, not a number one running back fantasy-wise, but could you see him taking him, say, as a, as, as a second uh, or a third running back for your team? Maybe third. I wouldn't take him second. And you would take him still ahead of, of uh, Willis McGahee, I take it, or no? Uh, I think Willis McGahee is going to have more value than Noshawn Moreno. All right, we'll see about that. I I respectfully disagree. Wide receiver <laughs> well, wise, who do you get... think? Wide receiver <laughs> wise, uh, Brandon Lloyd, Eddie Royal, any other Eric Decker, maybe Demarius Thomas, any value there? I think there's some value for all of them. Uh, it's just hard to say which ones, and I think a lot of them are going to be left to the waiver wire. And after week one or week two, go grab them because then you'll figure out who is actually going to get throws, because right now it's kind of a crapshoot. I'm willing to take a late-round flyer, I think, on Eddie Royal. I just think Eddie could... I think Eddie Royal and maybe Demarius Thomas would be at the top of my list of the pack, but it's. I think it could go anyway. All right. So moving right along now to the, the Super Bowl team representative for the AFC uh, what this year, deal. the Kansas City Chiefs. Matt Castle is looking great in practice, supposedly. Thomas Jones and Jamal Charles are both back. They signed Ron McLean today. Dwayne Bowe, Jonathan Baldwin, they've got Steve Breston now. Tony Moiaki is going to be a worthwhile fantasy tight end, although probably somebody that will be left towards the end. I think there's a lot to like about this team. Obviously, Jamal Charles and Dwayne Bowe are the headliners there, but I, I think there's some other guys, you know, Matt Castle, Steve Breston, that you take a flyer on if you need a second quarterback or a third wide receiver. Let's Okay, go ahead. Let me have it. Um, I think this is ridiculous. I think the Chiefs are not going to be that good. I think Matt Castle is not even a not even close to a top twelve quarterback. He's not a quarterback one in any situation. With that well, running game, they're not gonna need it though. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Uh Jamal Charles is a good running back, yes. Uh am I that excited about it that I'm drafting him number one overall? No. Um, Dwayne Bow, maybe. Tony Moyaki, maybe. Anything other than that, I'm not really stoked on. I, I don't like the Chiefs. I don't like, I don't see this gelling well. I just don't see this being anything close to a contender for the Super Bowl, let alone going to the Super Bowl. No All right. We'll we'll have to replay that quote in when we get to end of December, beginning of January, but let's see. Oh, we will. So now, we will. Oakland's. <laughs> Oakland's Jason Campbell, Oakland? is he worthy of a flyer as a quarterback, yes or no? Darren McFadden, do you believe in him, yes or no? 
maybe yes, Jason Campbell, maybe Darren McFadden. I think it would be late round flyers. I'm not making either of them a starter. But I think Oakland is on the upswing. I think they're doing better things and they're gonna be less I've seen McFadden going as early as the second round in some drafts, so apparently some people believe yeah. that what he did last year people wasn't are pretty a fluke high and that on he him. could be the... I, I don't know if he I think he's a little overvalued right now and and that'll change as time goes on. And I know you like Jacoby Ford, Lewis Murphy, mm-hmm. any any fantasy value there? I think Jacoby Ford uh, definitely has some fantasy value as a, a second or third wide receiver, maybe a flex player on a team. Lewis Murphy may be a late-round flyer. All right. And lastly but not leastly, the San Diego Chargers, Phillip Rivers. I think he's, he's still a, a top ten quarterback, probably top seven, I would think. Ryan Matthews, I'm not taking that chance this year. Vincent Jackson, I think, is still a wide receiver one. Antonio Gates, I'm staying away from him this year because I don't trust that injury. Laurent Robinson Mm -hmm. might be worth a late-round flyer now that they signed him. And we are out of time. (laughs) You don't want to think. What do you think about the Chargers in 30 seconds or less? Well, we are over our hour now, so the Chargers, I think uh, I think there's some interesting pieces. I'm not super excited about most of it. Philip Rivers is still an admirable, quarter, admirable quarterback, and he's got a couple of, of nice pieces there, but I just, they find a way to lose it every year, and I don't think that's going to change this year. Um, how do you see this division shaping out? Um, Obviously, quickly, I'll, I'll, go Kansas, I'll go Kansas City, San Diego, Oakland, Denver. I would go San Diego, Kansas City, Oakland, Denver. But I think it's going right. to be very close. And you're you're only off by one then, so we're we're almost <laughs> in agreement then. So why don't you uh, wrap us up, and then we'll be back here next week then. We will be back next week when we're going to revisit the NFC and maybe take a look at some strategy as well. And we would love to hear what you have to think about the Chiefs and the AFC as a whole. So you can feel free to email us at the number 4thninchesshow at gmail.com. That's the number 4thninchesshow at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter under the same handle at the number 4thninchesshow. You can also find the links to both of our personal Twitters there as well. So you can feel free to trash talk Scott on his Chiefs Super Bowl predictions. And you can find us on Nobody's Facebook. Nobody's done that yet. That means everybody agrees with me. I'm surprised. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook on the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page and at FantasyFootballSherpa.com all week long. We will be back here next Wednesday from 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can find us all week long on Blog Talk Radio where you can find our backed previous episodes and download them and re-listen to them whenever you please. All right. Have a good week, everybody, and RIP Bubba Smith. Yes, thank you so much for listening. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.